Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 86, Training Summer Swim Lesson Managers. That's right, today we're going to talk about what are the essential skills you should be teaching your lesson managers for your summer swim lessons. Now I know that with coronavirus and COVID-19, there are some adjustments that need to be made, but we're always in the business of mentoring and grooming new employees into management positions. And this podcast will give you some uh, clearly defined skills and training opportunities for you to get the best performance out of your new lesson managers. After a brief message about anchor.fm and an opportunity for you to submit questions to this podcast, we will begin. That's right. Today we are talking about training summer swim lesson managers. Now, every summer in the United States, we have a large influx of participants. It's usually when our outdoor pools are open and we have the highest enrollment for our swim lessons as people want their kids to learn how to swim during the summer out in the sun and enjoying that outdoor pool experience. Now for most other programs, there's also a year-round swimming lesson program that involves indoor lessons and or outdoor depending on your situation. And we're going to look at what the essential skills you should be teaching your lesson managers. Now, these are the people that are on the front lines of your swim lesson program. They are generally in charge of your swim lesson instructors and the liaison between your program and the parents that bring their kids to swim lessons every day. So I want to talk about what you can do to make those lesson managers the most successful that they can be. I've Uh, hired probably 20 to 30 different lesson managers in the last uh, 12 years. And before that, um, I've been a lesson manager and running a program for roughly 25 years. So um, a lot of this is going to come from my failures in the past and what I've done going forward um, to make sure that I have the best staff on hand. And a lot of this comes from things I've learned and other programs. Uh, So through aquatic councils and uh, through mentorship, uh, people mentoring me and my own experience in mentoring other people as well. So that's where this is coming from. And you can find more information on this at swimminglessonsideas.com slash resources. There's also a link at the top of the page that will take you to the same place. Now, under the level description guides are the first resource I want to bring you to. And uh, this is a handout that we give to our managers so that they know and understand what each level is looking for in terms of skills and then what the manager should look out for when observing the swim lessons, both for a participant standpoint and a swim instructor standpoint. So what should the lesson manager be focusing on both Uh, in terms of an effective lesson and in terms of an effective instructor. So you're going to click on the level description guide. It'll give you a Word document which outlines those specifics. I'm not going to go through them here, but that's a great place for you to start this investigation into what you can do to make sure your lesson managers know what's happening. If you don't use the level structure that we do, use this sheet as a template 
So you can create your own guide for your managers when they're evaluating lessons on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, so if you use Red Cross, you can have level one, uh, there's the 18 skills, which I joke about quite frequently, um, but you can say, highlight the ones that are the most important to you, and then you can write things uh, in there for the lesson manager. You can say, uh, pay particular attention to the instructor not giving feedback, because uh, with level one, it's usually kids that don't go underwater. The swim instructors generally don't say, hey, you did this, you need to do this next time. It's more games and uh distractions and just fun, which is good, um, but uh, you also need to be teaching as well. So you want to have this focus on what the, or maybe the games are out of control and it's not a safe environment. So maybe the swim, the swim lesson manager should be focusing on a Red Cross level one on ensuring that the swim instructor is doing things in a safe way. So these are general tips on a daily basis to make sure that your staff is, is uh, being the most effective that they can be. So let's start off with what I think are some criterias for an effective lesson manager. Um, and then we're gonna talk about where, how you can start training your summer swim lesson managers and then uh, what specific things that you should train them on uh, in, in specific instances and examples. Uh, so let's begin with like what generally is the criteria that I think as an effective swim lesson manager. Uh, number one would be they should have an understanding of the level structure that your program uses. Well, that, and that includes the essential skills and how to teach those skills. Some examples uh, for me are uh, the supported front and back floats. So do they know and do they understand your program and the nuances of it? Have they taught each level? Have they, um, do they have an experience with swimming? Do they know what the challenges are and the difficulties uh, of specific strokes? A lot of things, uh, times you also have to watch out for is that uh, swimmers may know how to swim, but they don't know how to teach swimming. And they might get frustrated when someone else doesn't grasp it like they do or and that's really the failure in the instructor's part because they're not adequately explaining or demonstrating that skill or providing the incremental progression the lead up steps into mastery of whatever skill they're talking about so it'd be like asking someone to swim butterfly without teaching them first how to glide kind of thing so number one would be an understanding of level structure, the essential skills in your program, and how to teach those essential skills. So how do you hold a child for supported front float and backlights? This is a big stickler for me uh, because you don't want your lesson managers, especially during the summer, which in uh, most programs is a temporary three-month position, sometimes only two months. Uh, so we tend to get less effective people in those roles, so we want to make sure that they're trained appropriately and they should know how you hold a child for a supported front glide and a back glide because they're gonna be training the new hires that you have, which oftentimes are 15 years old or 16, first job. They need to know this right off the bat. This is one of the most essential skills that you're gonna put them in. Most beginning swim instructors start with level one, which is glides and supported front floats and back floats. So those people need to know how to do it correctly and the most effectively. And that means your lesson managers need to know how to do this too. So I bring this up because a recent um, facility that I was at, their lesson managers were teaching it the wrong way. And uh, that really causes a lot of problems. So it's important because 
they need to know how your program does specific skills so they can effectively establish the culture and the training so the all of the rest of the staff does it as well. Um, and then because the swim, swim managers, they need to be enforcing these techniques, um, making sure that the staff is following through on using them, um, correcting them when they're not. So a big one that I see is the back float where they hold the participant sideways. So the participant is like sideways in front of them and the participant looks like a banana or a U with their butt dipping down and their head and legs up like the swim instructor is literally holding them in the air. Uh, and that's wrong because that, that that's not helpful in any way for what a back float is. Instead, we know if we keep the legs pushing away from our chest and we support the neck and the head and then a little bit of the lower back, then the swimmer has a more control over their body and feel the buoyancy of the water better. Uh, so this is really an important uh, thing for them to be doing. They need The swim managers need to know how to do these nuanced skills and uh, particulars to your program in order to effectively communicate that to your new hires um, and then make sure that it's being done during lessons throughout the summer or throughout the rest of the year. Another thing that uh, a criteria for an effective swim lesson manager, uh, in addition to knowing the level structure and the essential skills and how to teach them, is they need to be outgoing and not afraid to give feedback. So not only do they need to know the, the specifics of how to teach, but they also need to know and not be afraid of correcting their peers. Oftentimes your swim lesson managers during the summer are the peers, so the same age group or same cohort as your other employees, and they're set above in a leadership role. They need to know how to give feedback and how to walk up to someone and say, hey, this is what you're doing, here's how you can improve, and not be afraid to do that. Now, what I'm not saying here is that you shouldn't hire people that are anxious or timid or introverted. Um, I think that you can train how to, to give feedback to people and through observation, mentorship, and uh, direction from the aquatic professional, the swim lesson manager, if they are like if they're anxious about social interaction, if they're anxious about confrontation, you can go with them to their first couple of feedback experiences. So shadow them as they go talk to a lesson instructor that's doing something wrong or shadow them as they go talk to a lesson instructor that's doing something right and, you know, evaluate them on the way they praise them. And and this part of coincides, this is a tangent here, but how you, you as an aquatic professional can mentor your lesson managers by promoting and establishing a safe and respectful relationship with them. You don't want to get into a situation where you're always negative with your lesson managers. You want them to know that they have your support and that your role in guiding them through their position is a grooming slash training slash supportive role and that you're there to make sure that they succeed. You're not there to tell them that everything they did is wrong and that they're going to be punished for making a mistake. No. Instead, you want to be making sure that you're there to support them and that you're guiding them through a process that you want them to start doing with other people. And so they're going to model, ideally, their behavior off your behavior to them. So how are you grooming them or how are you mentoring them into being a better 
manager by being one yourself. So establishing a safe and respectful environment, making it clear that you're there to help them, including them in decision-making processes, giving them explanations on why we you do things in a program in a certain way, and why you want certain things emphasized over other things. So for example, the front float and back float uh, supported thing, I really go into a lot of description and depth with that with my managers because I want them to know the reason why. And then they, once they understand the reason, then they can effectively communicate that to the staff and the staff can then understand it as well. So uh, the, the one of the, the these effective criterias are they have to know your, your systems and they have to be able to communicate them to their peers. And you can mentor that through uh, training and guidance um, and, and shadowing. Uh, also, your, your uh, swim and lesson managers need to be familiar with the nuances in your program. So uh, maybe you don't teach breaststroke and butterfly until swim team. So if you follow swimming lesson ideas, um, swimming ideas lesson program. There's levels one, two, uh, three, and four. And we introduce breaststroke kick and butterfly kick as you go throughout the levels. So in level two, we're going to start introducing breaststroke kick um, and butterfly kick. And then level three, we start introducing the arms and then the, the other pieces. And then by level four, they should be actually swimming those strokes. So it's like a gradual incremental progression. It's not a huge focus, but it exists. Maybe you don't want to do that in your lessons and you just want to focus on freestyle and backstroke. Knowing those nuances of your lesson program or with American Red Cross, there are different aspects of the different levels or maybe things you leave out or maybe things you reinforce. Your lesson manager should have an understanding of that. Uh, and maybe you need to explicitly say that, but they need to be able to understand, know it, and communicate it to other people. Uh, and, and this ties into the next broad uh, category for an effective lesson manager. Uh, they have to be confident enough in their own ability to communicate your program specifics and procedures to the parents. So can they tell parents of swimmers why the staff is doing what they're doing? Uh, can they tell them this is why we're doing this front float? Here's why. Here's why they're doing glides. You know, it may look like they're doing the same thing over and over. There's a reason for that. We believe in repetition and guided deliberate practice. And here's why you can go into all the nuances and specifics if you have a confident um, understanding of what's going on. And you can get to that confidence through training, through experience it themselves, uh, and through uh, longevity. So have they done this in your program in the past? Um, Again, you might want to also be shadowing them or joining them in their first forays into talking to parents. And this is just a, along the lines of mentorship for your uh, lesson manager. Uh, another criteria to be an effective swim lesson manager, in addition to knowing what's going on, being confident to talk to parents, is are they mature enough to make safe and rational decisions in a changing environment? Now, we know that water in, is in itself inherently dangerous. It holds the possibility to kill our participants. Now, hopefully that never happens at your facility or at your program, but water is a somewhat hostile environment to humans. If we're submerged for too long, we drown and we die. We want to make sure that that doesn't happen. So safety is uh, 
should be foremost in all of our actions. Uh, I don't talk a lot about the safety procedures on the show because it's more focused on teaching and um, how to have effective swim lessons and fun lessons, but safety is always a priority and we live and breathe that with all that we do. It's the first consideration what we do uh, and it's explicit um, in most of the things that we, we, we talk about, just not in the show generally because um, we're more talking about the process of teaching and learning. But can your lesson manager, can you trust them? Are they mature? Are they emotionally mature enough to make a safe decision or a rational decision uh, in a changing environment like swim lessons? So if, there's, if they hear thunder, are they going to have the maturity to make a choice and say, you know what, we heard lightning, we're canceling our classes right now, we're clearing the deck, and we're going into the locker rooms. Instead of, oh, I don't know, I'm worried if, you know, the parents might be upset, we should just keep going, you know, I don't want to stop, my boss is going to get mad at me because we canceled lessons. No, we want them to make a safe, mature decision. Or, you know, if they're observing a swimmer uh, who is off on their own and the instructor is letting them swim while sitting on the side, are they going to make the safe, rational decision and say, you know what, I know this is a strong swimmer, but you, Mr. or Mrs. Swim Instructor, you need to get in the water and be next to them because it's the safer option for everybody. Uh, do they have that maturity to make those on-the-fly safe decisions? And uh, that's really a little bit more difficult to, to evaluate when you're hiring somebody, but um, you can do that through observation. You can have a training program like a, a pre-lesson manager where you observe or someone else observes their demonstrated maturity um, and, you know, use your judgment and how do you trust this person to handle themselves during your swim lessons. So those are like kind of the basic three criteria that I would say that you should use to evaluate whether you have effective staff uh, that are willing, are able to fill this role as a lesson manager. Just to recap, um, do they understand the level structure and the essential skills and how to teach them? Uh, are they confident enough in their own ability to communicate your program specifics to uh, the parents? And are they mature enough to make safe and rational decisions in a changing environment? Uh, and uh, do you trust them, essentially? So once you've kind of gotten the right candidate for your swim lesson program, uh, especially for the summer because it's temporary and you might need to be doing these interviews in the in, in the spring, um, it's time to start training them. And what can you do to train your lesson managers? Now, the assumption here is that they already have experience in your program, but maybe they're coming from somewhere else. Like maybe they're a Red Cross program, they're coming into a swimming ideas program. So how can you train them into teaching effectively? Uh, the first recommendation I would give, make is uh, give them access to the Teaching Swimming online course. It comes with the workbook PDF. Uh, you can do that as either a member of your team. So if you get a team package, you can just give them a link uh, and they can sign in on the website swimminglessonsideas.com and uh, access the course immediately and then download the PDF workbook. Um, it's the same workbook you can get from Amazon. If you want to buy it from Amazon, it's amazing. It's full color pictures. It has discussion questions. It's fantastic. Um, if you don't mind printing it off, you can do that yourself as well if you get the online course. 
Uh, but that's where they're going to learn all the specific skills, the specific levels, uh, the nuance of how to teach swim lessons, the 15 essential swim skills. Um, but they're also going to learn how to uh, give effective feedback, how to set up their classes for rotation method, how to use waves, how to uh, handle crying children, how to dunk versus scoop, um, parent hot skills. It's all in there, and it's a great way to give them that info dump to address that first criteria, which is do they have an understanding of your level structure, your essential skills, and how to teach them. The Teaching Swimming Online course is going to do that. Uh, so give them access to that, give them the workbook, and then that's, you know, assume that they understand that information uh, and they can prove their mastery with, uh, by passing the online tests um, or through a conversation with you, the aquatic professional. Uh, I would review the discussion questions that are in the PDF and the print version. Uh, they are not in the online course because it's designed as a self-guided course uh, and a reference manual um, online. But in the workbook and on the PDF, you can see the discussion questions. And these are discussion questions that are generally expected to be done with a aquatic professional or a lesson manager with their participants who are reading or following along in the book. And there's space for them to write in that their answers. And these discussion questions are designed around you know, having a discussion about these essential swimming topics. Um, I don't have a few of the examples in front of me right now, but generally it's about what is, you know, how can you provide a safe lesson while doing this? Are waves the best choice in this situation? What are your thoughts on um, not ignoring a crying child? Stuff like that. Um, and I don't mean ignore them, but not indulging their tears, um, but instead allowing them the opportunity to cry in a, in a warm and welcoming environment. Um, I have a tangent story here. Uh, during our swim lesson, our swim team practices, we have seven kids at a time right now because of COVID. And one of them, he just had started day camp. So he would go to day camp all day and then he would be dropped off for swim team. And the, his mom would drop him off in between, and he really missed his mom. And he's a seven-year-old boy, uh, very, uh, very cute, very, very good kid, but just really missed his mom and, and really had a hard time with, after being in uh, stay-at-home for four or five months, and I think it's been that long, and then suddenly being gone from her all day long and then exhausted and at swim team uh, and he has to read the board and he has glasses so he struggles with it, he would just cry. And he didn't really want to talk. He didn't really want to be, you know, we can't hug him. We can't, we shouldn't be doing that anyways, but we can't give him any uh, close physical support, you know, proximity, being close to him, standing next to him, letting him know that we're there for him. We can't do that because of coronavirus, right? And he doesn't have his mask on. So, you know, I had to go over and, and let him know, you know, you're in a safe environment. Here are the expectations. When you're ready to participate, please do. Why don't you do this one achievable small task and then sit on the side and when you're ready, you can join us. And uh, he was crying and sobbing, but still kind of participating. And he slid along the side of the wall to read the screen, which was right next to one of the lifeguards. And the lifeguard, you know, bless him, couldn't ignore this crying child. So he knelt down and was like, you know, what's wrong? What can I do for you? 
And I actually had, and the kid was kind of funny. He kind of like shied away because he's like, who is the stranger? Why is he talking to me? But that moment of compassion, it's really hard to fight. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't give compassion to your swimming participants that are crying. I'm saying that sometimes you have to give them the space to cry and come to their participation on their own. And I had to tell the lifeguard, you know, stand back. We, we took care of it. We addressed it, like let it happen. And he sobbed a little bit longer into the kid, but then he eventually just started swimming. Uh, we had a, we talked after the practice. I talked with his parents. You know, there was that compassionate follow-up, but sometimes there's a place where you're not giving in to that empathic desire to make the situation better. Sometimes you have to let the child cry a little bit and work through their emotions. And stepping back can be a way to do that. Especially if you're a swim coach or if you're a swim instructor or if you're the manager, that comes with some sort of anxiety from the child. Sometimes they're afraid of you. And even when they don't have to be or shouldn't be, they may be. And by stepping back, you allow them to work through emotions and join. So um, tangent there. So let's return to um, the discussion questions. So so these discussion questions are in the workbook that you can use to help train your swim lesson managers. And you should be having these conversations with your managers and your staff because then you're going to come to an understanding on how best to give effective swim lessons to your participants. And the more that we think about this, the more that we talk about swim lessons, the more that we give attention to it, I believe that the better we're going to be at teaching our swimmers, especially for teenagers and especially for new adults that don't quite understand how their actions affect others. Um, Some do, but some are oblivious. I'll admit when I was younger, I was pretty oblivious to how profound my actions had on other people. Um, And I think that's just a, a measure of maturity. Uh, But to be mindful, especially for our lesson managers, that not everyone that we're working with is on the same maturity level as we are. So by talking about these things, discussing them, we can, you know, improve that maturity, at least through exposure and awareness. Uh, So I'm going to move on here. Uh, How can we train our management where the aquatic professional directs the lesson managers and teaches them how to be a leader amongst their peers. Uh, So I think that it's the aquatic professional, it's their job to mentor and guide their managers into being effective at their job. And the managers that you have are going to be your, your first line of defense and your biggest evangelist for your program because they're going to be talking to both the parents, the public, and your staff and wrangling them into doing what you want them to do. And so that they need to be on board, but they need to have your support. Uh, So what you can do is uh, teach the managers how to run an effective meeting. Now, I see this one a lot is that the aquatic professionals don't really give often a lot of guidance to their managers on how they should be running a meeting or how they should be interacting with their peers as a manager. So it's important for the aquatic professional to give them explicit direction either through modeling, so run lessons and run trainings, and then ask the managers how you went about doing it so you can model effective behavior or you can just train them on it. So uh, some things that you can do to run an effective meeting is have a single main speaker. 
a lot of times when you have like four managers at an outdoor pool and or two lesson managers and they're running a training, they do the chime in where they talk. One person talks about a, 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 a topic and then the other one chimes in and then the other one chimes in on top of it. And now you have these dueling, conflicting um, sometimes conflicting, but oftentimes just snowballing layer on top of layer on top of layer of things that the swim instructor should do. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't even focus on one thing. It's important to avoid the multiple manager chime in. And you see this a lot where, especially in lifeguarding, where they'll be like, okay, one person speaks and they talk about something. And then, oh, this other person wants to jump in on that. And then this other manager jumps in on it. And they're not necessarily related. And they're not necessarily all very good at explaining what they're talking about. It's important to have one person lead the meeting. Don't let it get derailed by multiple people chiming in on with things that are not necessarily related or aren't pertinent to the current discussion at hand. So have one main speaker, avoid the chime in. Uh, have your managers be clear with their objectives. So stick to the task at hand without tangents. I know sometimes I go on tangents here, but... Uh, stick to the task at hand. Have a plan on what your training is going to be and stick to it. Avoid the long extended tangents that aren't related to what you're talking about. It's going to distract your participants and your staff, and they're not going to remember what to do as well. Uh, remember that teens are adults when it comes to learning, and adults like to know why they're doing something. So as much as possible, explain the reasoning behind the directives and the process. We're going to be doing this and here's why. There's a new rule about this and this is why the rule is in place. Uh, it can be just as simple as our insurance company said we have to do it, so we're doing it. Uh, but teenagers are adults when it comes to learning and they crave or desire to understand why you're, they're being told to do something. So give them that explanation. When you're running meetings, your lesson managers should Make sure they engage as many people at the same time as possible. So that means keeping the speeches to a minimum where they're just absorbing information or being talked at. Instead, give them opportunity to do and uh, uh, practice. And there are, if you look at training modules, it's a category under the blog page at swimminglessonsideas.com. You can find... Uh, games and activities designed for in-service training. And you can use them uh, to teach lesson-specific skills and uh, things there. So you can run scenarios, make sure that everyone gets a turn, um, work in small groups where they do repetitive training exercises so they can use these uh, training modules that I've outlined uh, and the games there and activities that are in there. And then everyone can play them multiple times so that everyone gets a turn doing the different roles. Uh, you can uh, delegate the like observation of these small groups to trusted um, employees. So you can have the lesson managers take on the mentorship role with other employees, like you're mentoring them to be a manager. Now you can give the lesson managers an opportunity to mentor other people. And you'll have to be clear on how you go through this, but let them delegate leadership to trusted staff. So be clear in the instruction that you're giving to these uh, staff. Uh, be clear with what's expected in terms of feedback and the expected action. So you can say, run this scenario, make sure everyone gets a turn, rotate three times, uh, ensure that everyone gets a chance to participate and give get feedback from you, uh, and focus specifically on 
this one thing. So that would be your lesson manager delegating a small group, leading a small group. And they've gotten specific instructions on how to accomplish that task. And then they've gotten specific instructions on what their role is in the situation, which is what you should be doing when you're training your lesson managers. You should be saying, here's what I expect you to do. Here's how how I expect you to do it. And here's the feedback that you can expect from me as you go through this process, right? So what else? What else can you do to help train your managers into being effective lesson managers for the summer and a leader amongst their peers? Uh, they should. Uh, you should know how to give effective feedback to your instructors. So um, how train your lesson managers how they should intervene in the lesson. Should they intervene during a lesson or should they wait for that lesson to be over? Uh, give them some guidance on what specifically needs to be intervened on. So if it's a critical safety issue, then it should be intervened in immediately. If it's something that's small, maybe a small error, wait until the end of the lesson. Uh, give them that guidance. Uh, teach your lesson managers how to follow up with the swim instructors before and after swim lessons. So uh, give them guidance that here's what I expect you to do. Review these documents and these training sheets with your swim instructors before each lesson. Uh, and then make sure that the swim managers have access to your program-specific routines and training documents. Uh, they should know how to organize the swim classes. So train your swim instruct lesson managers what criteria you use to group like-level swimmers. So if you have a program where people just sign up for a time slot, how do you separate out those swimmers into different groups? Uh, make sure that they understand that. Make sure that your swim instructor lesson managers understand location and the ramifications of teaching in deep or shallow water. What materials are they going to use? What levels are going to be in that area? Uh, and how are you going to organize the swim classes? Um, are they going to be uh, done in a certain way in the diving well versus in the shallow zero depth part? Uh, they should also know how to communicate with parents. So your your job as the aquatic professional here is to train your swim instructor, swim lesson managers on how to talk to swim parents and encourage them to lean on their expertise. They've been through your program. They know your program specifics and nuances. Tell them that they are experts in this field and that the parents are actually paying them to teach their kids, which is, you know, they're, they're paying us to do something that they can't do themselves. So we have the answers. Be confident in that and, and don't be afraid of parroting or repeating what the aquatic professional has told you. Um, encourage your, uh, you have to teach your lesson managers that they need to talk to the parents frequently. They should meet them at the door or when they arrive, introduce themselves if they don't know them already and follow up frequently with the parents during the lesson. So this is one of the biggest hard things. I see a lot of swim managers during the summer that are afraid of the parents don't be afraid of them. Like go right up to them and say, hi, this is my name. I'm this person. Here's what I do. Here's what we're doing. Let me talk to you about your child. And nothing is going to get a parent on your side more than hearing specific things about their own child in a way that makes it appear and feel and look like the swim manager knows that individual. So Johnny did this skill today, last week or yesterday. He was struggling with it. The teacher, so-and-so, worked on them, and today they're going to be doing a little bit more of that. And it can be as simple as that general thing, but uh, 
the parent needs to know that you know who their kid is and that you're, um, you, you are, in, you are providing the best lesson that you can provide to them. Cause that's what they care about. They care about the, their child's safety and then their child's happiness and then their child learning. So make sure that your staff knows that they have an expectation to talk to the parents frequently, meet them and follow up with them throughout the lesson. Uh, and then they should give updates on what their specific swimmer is doing and avoid generality. So avoid saying, you know, we're doing front glides today. Like that doesn't mean anything and it seems lazy. Say Johnny is going to be working on his head down in freestyle. Sally is going to be working on breathing to the side. And Joey is going to be working on making sure he kicks because he generally doesn't. And all the parents are going to nod and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, because they watch. They, they're watching the lesson. They want to know. Um uh, or they want to know that their child is being tailored to specifically. So train your uh, swim managers to go up to the parents and you can model this for them. You can bring them along. Say, all right, come with me. We're going to go talk to the parents. Um, and then you can shadow them when they do it on their own. Uh, and then you can debrief them. What did you say? How did it go? What do you think was effective? What would you change in the future? And mentor them and guide them into being effective at speaking to the parents. Uh, finally here, uh, the last thing is how can you have and train effective swim lesson managers? You got to mentor them. You got to guide them and groom them. So it really is that simple. This requires effort on our part as the aquatic professional, but we need to be checking in on our managers and making sure that they understand that our job as the aquatic professional is to support them and mentor them into being successful in their position. We want them to improve, and any feedback we give is going to be to get them to be better at their job. It's not a condemnation of who they are as a person. It's not a, um, you know, you're not unhappy with them. I mean, you may be unhappy with them, but your unhappiness doesn't mean that they are a bad person. It's usually rooted in they're not doing, they didn't read my mind. So recognizing that any failing on their part for the most part, is our fault in not training them adequately, unless it's something egregious that they just made a poor choice on. Um, you know, poor choices and errors, you, there's a line between what they did that's their fault and what our fault is. But generally, I tend to take the position that if my staff is doing something wrong, it's my fault because I did not train them to do what I want them to do. Um, and any anger I have is at myself, it's not at them, um, unless they're blatantly doing something which is just egregiously bad, um, objectively not a good thing. And then we remediate them and eventually remove them from staff. So remember that we're not there to punish our swim managers when they fail uh, and they're going to fail. It's that we're there to ensure that the next time they don't fail and that they succeed in the future. I want to know what you think. Uh, how are you making sure that your swim lesson managers during the summer and even throughout the year are doing a good job? How do you evaluate them? How do you mentor them? What are you doing with your training uh, to make sure that they are effective, uh, especially during the summer when they're generally new, they're generally temporary, and they may not have as much experience or nuanced uh, understanding of the specifics of your program? Hit reply uh, in the comments if you're looking at this podcast on the website swimminglessonsideas.com or go to anchor.fm slash swimmingideas and go ahead and ask a question. There's a button right there on the top. You can click it, ask a question, leave a comment. If it's a question about uh, program and swimming, I'll answer it on the podcast. 
Uh, if not, uh, just leave a comment. I'm happy to hear from you there. Uh, thank you very much for your time. I look forward to hearing from you. And tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care. Thank you.